66 books, one unifying theme. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. The entire volume of the Old Testament was written of Jesus Christ. The tabernacle, everything spoke of Christ. The Levitical law and the sacrifice were no different. The whole Old Testament speaks of Christ. Remember Jesus said, in the volume of the book it is written to me to do thy will, O God. He told this Pharisee, he says, you know, you do search the scriptures and they are they that speak of me. And you think you have life, but they speak of me. Search them. Keep on searching them. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Well, Pastor Xavier, as you know, we're kicking off a series in Leviticus today, and despite the tendency for some to want to shy away from the book, you say this is a very relevant book. Yes, Aaron. There are a lot of people who shy away from the book of Leviticus, and they think it irrelevant or even unpractical for the Christian life. But the reverse is really the truth. Because the book of Leviticus is an entire background to the work of Jesus Christ. It deals with the holiness of God. It deals with the covenant of God. It deals with typologies of Jesus Christ. Every sacrifice points to Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of every one of those sacrifices. Um, the book of Leviticus has rich stories regarding just the inability of man coming before God without a high priest. The high priest of the Old Testament is a type of Christ, a shadow of things to come. He ministered in the tabernacle on earth, but Christ was the ultimate priest to come, the high priest in the heavenlies making intercession for us. It is a rich book. I enjoy the Old Testament very much so, and the book of Leviticus is just an incredible book because it reveals so much about the nature of God, particularly the holiness of God. It probably has the reference to the holiness of God more than any other book. It reveals God's provisions for atonement, uh, that man might be one with Him in view of the coming Messiah. And yet, as we understand this, we can appreciate the sacrifice of the Son who came to die for us, who paid the price and fulfilled all things that we might not have to be carried away with religious rituals or senseless sacrifice that really do not forgive sin, but they were only in promise of the true Lamb of God to come, Jesus Christ. And if you understand the book of Leviticus, then the book of Hebrews will become alive. If I had to put a parallel, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament is the Leviticus of the New Testament. And so I pray that God would just uh, use the messages. And those of you that will be listening... We ask that you write to us, that you email us, even as uh, many have done so. This last week, we got a letter from Bruce from Lakewood, New Jersey, and he shared with us how he listens to the program and how much it's ministered to him. And that's the only way we can really monitor and be good stewards of the radio time. So we look forward to uh, hear from you, and that God will bless you through the studies. God bless you. Okay, well, you can send those emails to simpletruths at ccpas.com. That's simpletruths at ccpas.com. Or write us at 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And I'll repeat all of that at the close of the program. But for now, let's get to the teaching for today from Leviticus chapter 1. I've entitled the message, Dedicated and Consecrated to God. 
The tabernacle has been made according to the pattern given on the mountain. The furnishings have been anointed, have been set within the tabernacle. The tabernacle has been erected, and God's Shekinah glory has manifested himself there, and Moses could not even enter the tabernacle. That's how the book of Exodus finishes. Now we come to the book of Leviticus, and now God begins to give the order of sacrifice. The tabernacle was given by God in order that he might dwell and walk with his people in the midst of them. Chapter 26, verse 11 and 12 tells us. God's desire was to walk with his people. They had been redeemed from Egypt, according to prophecy. They had been brought through the Red Sea. God had dealt with them there at the mount, even through their rebellion. And now God desired to dwell with his people. Something that is always amazing to me, that God would desire to dwell with you and I. Because we are an imperfect people. We are a people of rebellion. We are a people of stiff-neckedness. We are a people of a deceitful and wicked heart, the scriptures declare. And yet his desire is to dwell with man. As David says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And it just blew David's mind that God would desire to put so much energy and so much work to fellowship with man. And so here now in Leviticus, the first seven chapters contain various sacrifices. Their laws are also given within those chapters, chapters uh, 6 around verse 8 on down to the end of chapter 7. But in the first three chapters, what you have here is the voluntary offerings. They speak of the person of Jesus Christ. Chapters 4 down to chapter 6 verse 7, you have the mandatory offerings for forgiveness of sins and restoration of fellowship. And this speaks of the work of Christ. And as we go through these, we will see the difference. And as I said in chapter 6, verse 8, on down to the end of chapter 7, you have the laws for all of the five uh, sacrifices and offerings there. Now, the offerings have specific design and purpose. In the first offering in chapter 1, here you have the burnt offering, which represents dedication and consecration of one's life totally to God. No reserves, but a total giving of one's life to God. This is the primary offering, and he puts it first in order. Though it was not the first to be offered, a sin offering would always have to precede any of these offerings, yet this is the first in the order that we have here in the book of Leviticus. The second one in chapter 2 is the grain offering. This was the offering that represented a consecration for one's service to God. That God would use you, and you're just open to, for God to use you in whatever capacity and shape. The third one's the peace offering in chapter 3. It represents fellowship and communion with God. Not because there's anything wrong, but because you just delight in God. You want to fellowship with God, so you offer your sacrifice. You sit there in the area, and you have a meal with God, and you just bless, bless the Lord. He blesses you, and you just have a neat time. And then the fourth one, chapter 4, it speaks about the sin offering. This represents expiation of sin. When you have missed the mark and you would come and you'd offer that animal so that the blood would atone and cover your sin and you would be reconciled in a right relationship with God. And then the last one is the trespass offering representing willful disobedience. Even in that, God was able to restore us. Even that, God made provisions. Why? Because he loves man. He pursues man. And that's something that you and I should never lose sight of, how much God desires to fellowship with you and I. In spite of ourselves and all that goes on, he always pursues me. And so we want to look at chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, uh, where we have here the burnt offering, which speaks of a total dedication and consecrated life to God. 
There are three things that we want to look at. The first one is found in verses 1 and 2. That is the provisions for offerings. Secondly, the procedure of the burnt offering, verses 3 through 9. And then we're going to make a, the prophetic picture in the burnt offering, and we'll take various verses. I'll give them to you, and we'll make that application. Because every one of these sacrifices speak of Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said that in the volume of the book it is written to me to do thy will, O God. He told us, Pharisees, he says, you know, you do search the scriptures, and they are they that speak of me. And you think you have life, but they speak of me. Search them. Keep on searching them. Everywhere, he gave a neat little Bible study to the men on the road to Emmaus in, in the Gospel of Luke after the resurrection. And he began from Moses, and he showed everywhere, all the books, where they spoke of Jesus Christ. I wish we had that record, because I'm sure that there, Jesus is in some areas that we haven't even seen him. But the entire volume of the Old Testament was written of Jesus Christ. The Levitical law and the sacrifice were no different. And as we go through them in the weeks to come, I pray that God would deal with your heart and show you the richness of Leviticus. And if you want the commentary, the interpretation of Leviticus, get into the book of Hebrews while we're going through it. It'll open your eyes. Because the New Testament interprets the old. The new is concealed in the old, and the old is revealed in the new. And you need to always interpret the old by the new, not the reverse. You start making doctrine out of Old Testament without interpretation of the new, you're going to get in trouble. You have to be careful. Let me read verses 1 through 9. Now, the entire chapter is burnt offering. I'm not going to do the entire one. Uh, verses 1 through 9 give the primary offering, and then the rest of the verses give a sheep and the dove, which were secondary offerings in case you could not afford one. In other words, regardless of what your economic stature was, you were never denied to come before God. The sparrow, the doves were just the most, or pigeons, they were just commonplace so that even the poorest individual could come. Do you remember what was offered at the dedication of Jesus Christ? Turtle doves. Mary and Joseph were in poverty. And they were not kept from coming to God. God is so good. He never denies anyone, regardless of how rich you are, how poor you are, what a great sinner you were. He is there to meet you if you will come. Listen. On his terms, if you understand anything as we go through these sacrifices, you must come to God his way, not your way. God has revealed his will, and God has expects you and I to obey it to the T. You cannot come on your own will, on your own way, on your own standard. You must come by that which God has revealed very clearly in Scripture. Because the word confess means to agree to say the same thing. We agree with God. He does not agree with us. He sets the revelation, and we follow it. Very important. Today, the church is doing their own thing. People are setting their own standards. People are bringing weird interpretation to Scripture. You must take the Scripture at face value and honor God. He says, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock and of the herd and of the flock. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hands on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord, and the priest Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. 
The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall put the fire on the altar and lay the wood on the order on the fire. Then the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts, the head, the fat and order of the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. But he shall wash the entrails and its legs with water, and the priest shall burn all the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. <laughs> Here you have the burnt offering. In verses 1 and 2, we get the provisions for the burnt offering. Notice, first of all, that God is the initiator in verse 1. God is the one that called Moses. Whenever you and I think that we are making the initiation towards God, we are wrong. God is working in our life when we don't even know. And as he is working in our life, we start responding or drawing close to God, but it's never out of our own will. We are not that good. We are not that spiritual. God is always the initiator, and man is the responder. Notice that now God has been walking uh, with Moses for a long time, and Moses has been walking with God for quite a while. We all know the life of Moses, how he thought that God had called him, and he blew it out of time, and he killed an Egyptian. He went for 40 years, and then God molded and shaped him, and then he called him out. The first time God called to Moses was in Exodus 3, from the burning bush. He called him there as a servant. He told him, take your shoes off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. From there, Moses continued to walk with God. In Exodus 19, God spoke to him as a mediator at Mount Sinai. And then as he continued on in Exodus 24, he talked to him and spoke to him as the priest of the covenant. From there, Moses continued to walk with God. And then in Exodus 32, God spoke to him on the mountain and says, Get down, for your people have corrupted themselves. And he came down as the judge, and he broke the tablets, and he set the Levites in the camp, and he asked those, If you're going to be with God, come here. If you're not, go on the other side. And he set them through with their swords to wipe out those who would not serve the Lord. In Exodus 32, 32, God spoke to Moses and he became the intercessor of Israel where he cries out and says, God, if you cannot forgive them their sins, then wipe my name out of the book of life. What a tremendous prayer. Only two men have prayed that prayer. Moses and the other one is Paul. I could wish myself a curse for Israel in Romans chapter 9. I mean, you've got to walk with God to be able to pray that. I can't pray that. Not yet. <laughs> but I'm trying. Moses' ear had become tuned to the voice of God through a progressive relationship. How is your ear? Is your ear being tuned to God because you are an ongoing progressive relationship with God? Or is your relationship so sporadic that sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off, sometimes you go to church, sometimes you don't, sometimes you read your Bible, sometimes you don't, sometimes God wins, tells you when? Moses was dedicated. Moses was committed. Moses was sold out because Moses recognized himself dead to Egypt. Egypt is always symbolic of the world. And the world is always tugging at our heart. And you have to make that commitment over and over again. I have never desired to be a godly man more in my life than today. And more than ever before I have to seek the Lord and you have to seek the Lord and the elders have to seek the Lord because we want to be on track with what God wants us to do, not what we can do. I want to do what God wants done. You understand what I'm talking about? I don't want to run my life. I did that in the world. And so Moses' ear was tuned. Zechariah 4.10 says, For who has despised the day of small things? Do you despise the day of small things or do you want to be right up on top right away? Or are you just committed to the Lord and it doesn't make any difference where he uses you, you just go on. Remember the principle, the last, the least, the servant, the younger. <laughs> no church has ever split because 
they were fighting about who was going to be the least. Who was going to be the greatest servant? Who was going to be the most forgiving? Christians never get in, 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 in bad relationships because they're mad because that person just keeps loving them so much. You see, there's a lot of carnality among us. And the only way we can do away with that is to have our ear tuned to God and then our heart bent to God, totally sold out. Notice also there in verse 1 that God chose the place from the tabernacle meeting, literally the tent of appointment. God had told Moses that he would meet and he would talk with him there in Exodus 25, 22 and chapter 29 also. God chose the place. God has chosen the place to minister unto you. He has chosen his church. A lot of people think, well, God doesn't care where I go, what I do. You know, sometimes I go to, uh, to church on Sunday and sometimes I don't. Or sometimes I go to this church, sometimes I go to another. Now, that doesn't mean you can't visit churches. I'm not afraid of that. But I am concerned about people who are not committed to a family. You belong somewhere. If you're a visitor and you go somewhere else, thanks for visiting us. But you belong to another family. The same family, but a different part. And you be committed there. And if God has brought you here, then you be committed here. This is a family. And sometimes people think that they can just choose where they're going to worship God sporadically. Now, it's your responsibility to tune your ear to God so that God tells you where to go. But you have some basic principles and guidelines. Make sure they're going to teach you the word of God. Make sure they're godly men. Make sure God is showing the fruit of that ministry. And make sure that there's vision for the community. And if that is going on and you feel that's where God has you, then jump in with both feet and be committed. The place was a tent meeting. After Israel had sinned, you remember that Moses removed the, his tent outside the camp. And there, those who wanted to seek the Lord came to the tent and he made it the tent meeting there in Exodus 33, 7. You see, God cannot dwell in the midst of sin. So Moses removed the tent of meeting outside the camp. Interesting, Jesus Christ was crucified outside the walls of Jerusalem. The sin offering. When we get to that, we'll show that. Israel was not to worship God just anywhere and any place like the heathen of the land. God chose a place to worship. God has chosen the church to develop you, to nourish you, to provide for you, to help you, to use you. And if you try to do a lone ranger, then you're not scriptural. Even missionaries are tied to a church somehow. There's accountability, there's prayer, there's support, there's different things. Those people that are always on their own, I become real questionable about them. Who are they accountable to? What are they doing? It's not scriptural. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. All we need is the will and the desire to seek the Lord, and he will be found but there is so much going on in our lives sometimes that we're distracted and there is not that commitment. You know, sometimes when I ask people, are you committed to the Lord? They look at me like almost appalled. How dare you ask me to do that? Don't you know that I've got this and I've got to commute four hours and i got this and that? Hey, when you told the Lord you wanted to be saved, you said, I'm going to be dedicated to you, God. I am not asking of you anything that God has not already asked you himself and that you have committed yourself to. All I do is put you in remembrance what you told the Lord when he saved you. I am not laying a heavy law on you. I am just reminding you of your commitment to Christ and my commitment to Christ. 
not adding anything to it. And so that call upon the Lord every day, every opportunity. Notice also that God chose Moses to be the mediator in verse 2. Speak to the children of Israel. Say unto them, when one of you brings an offering of the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock and of the herd and of the flock. Twenty of the 27 chapters in Leviticus begin with this phrase, the Lord speaking to Moses. Fifty-six times in total. God chose Moses to be the mediator. He is the mediator, notice there, of the children of Israel to instruct them on the sacrifice and the offerings. The word offering there is the word korban. It's from the word to draw near, a gift or an offering to the Lord, much like Mark 7 and 11 where Jesus says, you know, the Pharisees had said, you know, it's korban. I can't help my parents. It's dedicated to the Lord. And they, they kind of just walked around the law, their responsibility. That which is dedicated to the Lord, that which is totally given to the Lord, it's a gift to the Lord. It's from my heart and it's totally His. You don't take it back, but it's His and you leave it there and you do it because of love and because of desire that comes from your heart. Notice also they were to bring of their own livestock, either of the herd or the flock. As I mentioned in the beginning, there were various provisions. The sheep in verse 10, the dove in verse 14. No one was excluded. No one was, was left out because of economics. But notice that the offering had to cost them. They couldn't just grab any stray animal. They couldn't just go out and get some wild animal. But they had to take an animal which they had bought, they had fed, they had cultivated. It had cost them, and they would give it to God. You know what the biggest failure in the church today is? We want to give to God what doesn't cost us. We want to give God our leftovers. The mo normal mentality of believers is, well, you know, I got some new couch. Can the church use the old couch? What's wrong with the new couch for the Lord? <laughs> now, we don't need a couch, so don't get us a couch, okay? <laughs> I'm just giving you an example. We always seem to give God our leftovers. And throughout the scriptures, it's very clear from Genesis to Revelation. You give me your first fruits. You give me the best of your life. You give me the best of your goods. You give me the best of your children. You give me the best because I deserve it. Now, only God can say that. <laughs> he says, you give me the best. Don't give me the leftovers. And yet Israel violated this throughout the covenant over and over and over again. Samuel and David and Samuel, 2 Samuel 24, 24, when, when he uh, confessed the sin and came to God and he said, I'm going to offer him a sacrifice, a burnt offering. And he went to the threshing floor of Ornan and he says, oh, you know, I need sheep and I need a sacrifice. I need a, oh, David, take it, take it. No, no, no. I will not give anything to the Lord that does not cost me. Is it costing you what you give to the Lord of your time, of your finances? Or do you just give him the leftovers? Total dedication. And I tell you what, it hits every one of us right at home as Americans. And the test is going to come even now when economics are going to get tighter. Because who's going to be the first one to be left out? I've got a feeling it's going to be the Lord. Now, am I making an appeal for money? No way. Keep it. God doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. But if he's got your heart, he's got your money. You know what I mean? But he's not concerned about your money. He's more concerned about you than you are. He wants to blow your mind. He wants to do a work in your life that you can't even imagine. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, pointing out for us how the sacrificial offerings of the children of Israel typify the ultimate sacrifice of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And there's much more to this important first message of our new series in the book of Leviticus that we've prepared to share next time. But if we can get a copy of the entire uncut study into your hands, we'd be happy to make that available upon request. The title to ask for is Dedication and Consecration to God, and it's available on CD for just $4. So the title to ask for once again is Dedication and Consecration to God, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. And use that address to send Pastor Xavier your comments of our broadcast so that we know where we're being most effective. Or jot an email to simpletruths at ccpas.com. That's simpletruths at ccpas.com. Well, even though the cost of living seems to keep soaring upward, still by comparison, it's nothing considering the ultimate price that was paid for your life. Find out more on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com